Hello, Top Fan Rivalry followers. It is Bill from Top Fan Rivalry, and I got a fresh face in the clubhouse. One that uh, team that we've talked about as well, obviously, but a new fresh face, a new fresh perspective. Um, his name is Ben. Ben, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. You betcha. You betcha. Now, Ben runs a podcast called Pocking Friars down in San Diego. We'll talk a little bit more about that um, as we talk about his favorite teams and favorite players. But we'll definitely, uh, when we drop this, we'll definitely tag him so that you guys can find him as well as his podcast uh, and make sure that uh, you're listening to him as well and following him as well. So, Ben, I'm excited to have you on. This is going to be a great time today. So yeah, thanks for having me on, Bill. You bet. So first, first question I got for you is is obviously I just said that you're a Padre fan, but where did that start? When did you become a Padres fan? How did that happen? Yeah, it's been pretty much a big family thing. I mean, ever since I was young, like really young, I remember I was probably six or seven, maybe eight, just in front in my family's living room watching the Padres game on TV and. They obviously weren't that good, but it didn't matter. Just swinging, you know, the the giveaway wood bats that they'd give out, uh, the small ones, just pretending like I was in the box. Just a love for baseball. Uh, my parents, they've had season tickets for the Padres for a while. Uh, got them back because uh, they used to, they stopped when we had uh, I had a bunch of siblings. They stopped. We got them back for the All Star game uh, when I was thirteen, and have had them ever since. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just been a love true love the last couple years when the Padres have started, you know, being really serious, you know, spending a bunch of money and bringing in great talent. I, I've, I've been through Clayton Richard and Tyson Ross. And I was there when the Padres lost 15, nothing on opening day to the Dodgers. Like it's, it's just San Diego through and through and Padres through and through. That's, that's really what it's been. I love that. I love that by, uh, this is my favorite question of every introductory podcast that I do because it always comes back to family, right? Going to the game, being with family. And that's really what America's Favorite Pastime is all about, being with family, hanging out, right? Having a good time. So I love that. And I love your I love your perspective on the Padres there because I, being a Dodger fan, I have seen the worst of the worst and the best of the best, mm -hmm. right? And when you climb that mountain, it feels great when you – when you have those seasons where you lose 91 games or you're in a position where they give you a little bit of hope and then they swipe it away from you in August and miss the playoffs. And I've been there. I get it. It's uh, it gets it. It can be very exciting. So. Um, all right. So let's talk about favorite players. Who is your current favorite player? and Who is your favorite player all time? They don't have to be Padres, but they very much can be because you got a you got a plethora to choose from. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, current, I would say Jake Cronenworth. Um, I know it's easy for people to say Manny Machado or Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, there, there's a lot of great talent on this team. Juan Soto, uh, but Jake Cronenworth is mine. I, I've just had a respect for how he has really worked his butt off to be in the position that he's in. Like, we didn't know who this guy was. He was the throw in to the Tommy Pham trade from Tampa a couple years back, a few years back. And he, we didn't know if he was going to be on the roster when he first came to the Padres. And this was when he was a two-way player. He was pitching in the minor leagues a little bit. He was playing the infield. So 
I didn't really know he made the roster like as the last guy. And Hosmer got hurt, I believe. And then Cronenworth comes in, plays first base, and he like didn't lead the lineup since. Like he really just took advantage of that uh, situation and ran with it. And I, I just love his ability uh, to be consistent. He's not the biggest name, doesn't have the most power. Uh, he's not the, you know, the guy that has all these big bat flips or anything like that, but he posts. And that's why I'm a big fan of Manny as well. And just players that Bogarts, I'm sure I'm going to be a big fan of his uh, with the Padres, just players that play every day and do appreciate the fans. Um, I was a big fan of Will Myers with the Padres, like just appreciating the fan base. They're the ones that are helping put the money in your pocket. Uh, and Jake is one of those guys, Joe Musgrove being a San Diego guy. He's one of my favorite players. Uh, and then obviously, you know, Manny, uh, love him and how he's really, really took his past teams. Maybe those fans wouldn't say the same thing about him, but he has really taken on that role with the Padres. And there's, there's a lot of different names. If I just go away from the Padres, Bryce Harper was a guy that I loved uh, growing up. And I still do love. A little less now that he had that home run against us, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I love, uh, I, I just love his confidence. Some would say it's cocky, but I think having having confidence is huge uh, in Major League Baseball because it's a sport where you're going to fail, and it's easy to not have confidence. But Bryce, he it seems like he always has confidence, and um, it seems like it's kind of been like Machado too with him. Maybe he wasn't seen as this great leader at the beginning of his career uh but he has gotten smarter um and i think he is one of the better leaders in baseball now probably as well nice nice uh favorite all time favorite all time yeah i mean either will myers i would i would say just baseball wise it's harper um just growing up with him um all time, if it's not Harper and a Padre, I'd probably go with Will. I wasn't there really for Hoffman or definitely not Tony Gwynn or any of the big guys like that. Jake Peavy, his prime, I was like five years old, so I can't really go with him. So, yeah, I would say Myers for the Padres, Musgrove, Cronenworth, those are the guys for me. Nice, nice. good. Khalil call. Green – Green was another guy that I loved uh, growing up, but I didn't see a bunch of his career. So uh, remind me to tell you something offline about that when we're done. So stick okay. around when we're done. The, uh, but yeah, no, that's, those are great names. I actually, Cronenworth is the guy, I got to tell you, he's the guy that he's a lot like a Dustin Pedroia, maybe even a Jose Altuve. They, they're not going to put a huge amount of numbers up for you but they show up to play the game right every single day. Now, Jose Altuve and, and uh, Dustin Pedroia did put up some numbers for a while, but Jake, nobody's saying, hey, Cronenworth and the Padres are coming to town. They're saying Machado or Tatis or even Bogarts, right? So so Pete or uh, so Cronenworth um, gets lost in that, that shuffle, which is great because he can just play and do well, and I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, th and that's the same thing, you know, with the Dodgers, too. They have players like that that are under the radar. Chris Taylor's one of them that comes to mind. Um, and I think some players like that, you know, they thrive off of that or they they benefit from the bigger players taking the spotlight and they can just 
go about their thing. And that's where they're most comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's agreed. Agreed. And, and you love that when, when you're, uh, when you're a smaller market team and you only have one or two superstars, it's like, Hey, so-and-so and such and such team are coming to town and, and you don't want that. And so it's great. It's great. Okay. Let's talk ballparks. Tell me about the ballparks that you've been to in your lifetime. Yeah. So obviously Petco family of season tickets. That's number one for me. I just love everything about it. The food is great too. I've been to, well now it's T-Mobile park. It was safe back then. Uh, that was actually one of uh, King Felix's starts. So being in that fan section where they have all the yellow signs and all that, that was cool. Um, we just happened to be going through there on a road trip and that was the night that uh, Felix was pitching. So that was cool. Uh, Target field in Minnesota, family in Minnesota. So, uh, I, I try to go there uh, whenever we go and this, you know, the schedules line up. Uh, I like that ballpark too. Um, where uh, Wrigley, when I was a really small kid, so I don't, I, I don't remember that. Uh, I think Bush stadium I've been to as well, but I don't remember that either. Um, the, uh, I was at some, um, I like, I like the history of the Yankee stadium, uh, just walking around. You can definitely feel it. And it is, it's much different than Petco, um, city field. I thought it was pretty cool. I didn't go like all around the ballpark. That was more of just quick, a uh, quick stop and just go watch the game. But, um, yeah, those are the ballparks that I've, uh, I remember being to. Okay. Awesome. 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 So let's let's play a little game here. You have a month off of work and, and all of your obligations. Money's not an object. Which five ballparks are you going to go to to see a game where, um, again, money's not an object. You're just going to go see a game. Which five ballparks are you going to go to that you haven't been to before? Wow. Um, the first one off the bat is Fenway. I would love okay. to go there. That one immediately sticks out. I'm a big history guy. I still love the history of baseball. Um, believe it or not, the Coliseum in Oakland, that would be one just before it goes, just to see how bad it is. I know because a lot of fans love to bash it. So I just just seeing that, and I'm a big money ball. That's my favorite movie. So just seeing that, that would be cool. Um, and then probably Wrigley, you know, getting to actually remember that, that would, I would love to go there. Um, I've heard good things about like Coors Field and PNC Park. Uh, but if I really sat down and thought about it, I'd probably go more the route of Toronto. I would be interested in going to see there. How many ballparks have I named? Like three now, yeah. uh, or four, um, I actually, I don't have an interest in going to Dodger Stadium. I, I just don't really care, to be honest, as a Padres fan at all. I don't care. Um, Angel Stadium, it's right there. I, I've never been there. The Angels, it, it, for like my last pick, the Angels, or I'm trying to go through divisions. Um, the new ballpark in Arlington doesn't seem that appealing to me either. I'd probably go with, you know, Kansas City. I'd like to see the Kansas City ballpark before, because I think they're supposed to move too, right? 
Yeah, after next season, after the 2024 season, they're going to be they're going to be out. Yeah, so those I know I named probably more than five, but yeah, those are ones that no, stick those out. Are good. <laughs> those are good. You know, it's funny when I ask this question all the time, Ben. I get the you 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 kind of sort of broke the mold a little bit, which is great. I love it actually, because most of the ones that I hear are PNC Park because it's picturesque, right? Fenway, Yankee Stadium, if you, I mean, you've been to Yankee Stadium, but Fenway and Yankee Stadium because of the history, uh, Wrigley because of history, Dodger Stadium because of the history. But usually people will say if they weren't history people, it's like, I want to go to Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati because it looks cool. Um, PNC Park because it looks cool. Comerica Park, um, Coors Field, I hear a lot of because it it seems like it's a great ballpark. And then after that, um, I typically will hear, uh, you know, Petco, if they haven't been down to Petco, because Petco has kind of become a city within its city, right? Um, and you, I mean, don't discount Dodger Stadium. It's the third oldest stadium. It's it's actually kind of a fun little place. But as a Padre fan, I could see why you, you're not rushing to get up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Dodger, I can appreciate the history of it. But just as a Padres fan, I, I just don't, uh, it's just not appealing to go there. Yeah. Yeah, it, and it's, by the way, it's much different than Petco because Petco, you come in, you you park, you've got the city around it, right? You've got a 1,000 places to eat. You've got 2,000 places to park. The first time I went to Petco, most of that stuff wasn't built. The downtown area that they had, you know, built up and things like that, most of it wasn't built. Um, and so a lot different from what it is now. And so that all being said, um, Dodger Stadium's a location, right? It's up on a hill. There's nothing around it. I mean, you're literally going through the hood to get there. <laughs> you take a wrong exit, it's like, oh, wow, I'm kind of in LA. Woo! <laughs> so, um, but it's a great stadium to visit. I love those stadiums though that you mentioned. I'm, you know, Coors Field is one of the ones that are on my bucket list. Um, Oakland Coliseum, when you go there, it will live up to every hype that You've heard about it being negative. It is a great, great football stadium. You watch baseball there, Ben, you're not going to like it. <laughs> you're not going to like it. So much I'm, room, right? Like it's it seems so far away, even if you have good seats. Mm -hmm. So imagine, imagine at Petco, imagine the first baseline, right? You know how your first baseline kind of curves in and you don't have a lot of room between first baseline and, and the wall there. Imagine if you back that up probably 30 feet and you had all that room there. I mean, it is it is insane the way the ballpark's laid out. The first time I ever saw a game, I was on business, and it was Oakland against the Yankees. And I walked in the ballpark with a buddy of mine who's a Yankee fan, and he's got me by like 20 years, so he's seen a number of parks. And we just both looked around and thought, people come to this place? Not much anymore, though. <laughs> Not yeah. much anymore. Well, there's no reason to. Yeah. Yeah, and so and and the Oakland fans that I've I've interviewed, they're so kind. They're they're su such kind people because they know that they're in. You know, baseball's ebbs and flows, right? You guys on paper look like you guys are going to win the World Series and win 160 of 162 games, on paper, right? But nobody wins the World Series on paper. Just ask any team: the Yankees, Dodgers, Cardinals, anybody that's ever won a World Series. Um, 
And the A's know that they're in a rebuilding year and they know that they're in a rebuilding time where they got to get the owner to spend some money. So it's, but yeah, when you go there the first time, you're going to look at it and go, hmm. Hmm. It's just, <laughs> it, the movie was great, but it's as bad as I heard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As bad as I heard. All right. So, final question for you. You've been a fantastic guest. Final question. What are you looking forward to most out of the 2023 season? I mean, winning a World Series. Um, uh, the return of Fern- one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The return of Fernando um, is really high up there for me. Seeing Bogarts back with the Padres, um, that's probably at the top. I mean, with Fernando, he is just so freaking good. I, I think fans, some fans, I don't think it's Padres fans, but some is. I mean, with like one arm in 2021, he hit 42 home runs. And the athleticism, he's going to be able to show that off still in right field uh, and hit leadoff, that lineup, that top four. And obviously more than the top four with Cronenworth and Cruz and Carpenter. Um, but just that top of the lineup, Tatis, Soto, Manny, Bogart, seeing them back to back to back to back. Like that, that just has to be like hell for opposing pitchers to start off a game like that. Yeah. Here's Tatis. Here's uh one of the best pure hitters we've probably ever seen. Oh yeah. Here's uh, the guy who should have won the NL MVP last year. Oh yeah. Here's uh, Xander Bogarts. Oh, here's Jake Cronenworth too. I mean, just down the line. It's just really amazing. Um, so yeah, the return of Fernando, the top of the lineup, uh, seeing Bogarts in that uniform, and then the postseason, that environment at Petco against the Dodgers was the best of my lifetime. That the Cronenworth hit, the you know best moment of my lifetime, best Padres moment of my lifetime. So yeah, um, th- there's a few answers for you. I love it. I love it. You guys, you guys have a great club. You really do have a really good club, and I'm, I, I say this all the time. I, you know, even though I love a team that has become a rival with you guys this season. To me, it doesn't matter. I want you guys to do the best because if I'm playing against a team, I don't want to play against a handicapped team, right? I want to play the best. And if I lose against the best, I lose against the best. If I beat the best, well, then I beat the best. And so I'm excited to see how this plays out. I think the Dodgers and and Padres are going to go one and two this year. Um, One of us is going to win the division. The other one's going to get into the wild card space, but we're both going to be in October. So it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun um, again this season. And you guys have. You guys arguably have one of the best teams that I've seen. I mean, I remember the 1998 World Series or 1997 World Series. No, 98, when you guys were in it against the Yankees. And you guys had a great team, but it wasn't the team that you have now. It was a phenomenal team. Mm. So I'm excited for you guys. And I think you guys are going to have a great great season i mean you got to get out to a good jump start before fernando comes back and arguably i think fernando needs to be a choir boy this season like he really needs to not get himself in any trouble in the dugout with machado or pds or anything like that because that's the last thing that you guys need is that distraction you got too many good players right now to have that be a distraction yeah i agree yeah tatis and He's going to be himself on the field, like with his personality and all that. Um, but yeah, it seems like for me, he's he's taken all the right steps. He didn't want the surgeries. He's taking the surgeries because he's known like uh, I, I messed up. 
I need to do what the Padres want me to do. Uh, I'm sure he probably doesn't want to be playing the outfield, but player, um, and he's at FanFest. He was great with the fans and all that, um, and he de- he definitely does seem you know really really sorry, and he, he, so he's taking all the right thing, all the right steps. I mean, some fans are disappointed. I mean, I'm disappointed in obviously what happened last year, but for Padres fans, I've said this numerous times. There's no point in booing him when he comes up to the plate or anything like that. Like you have to cheer him because Dodger fans, other fans, everyone else is going to be not on his side. We need to be the ones on his side. Perfectly put. And I actually liked the movie with or movie, the move with Bogarts. I got to be honest with you. I like that movie because I, and I talked to some pottery fans that hated it. And I, I said, well, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Business, there's two sides of baseball. There's the business of baseball and there's the fandom of baseball. What the business of baseball just told Fernando Tatis is, hey, we had one of our best seasons ever. We made it to league championship series without you. And oh, by the way, we just signed a long-term shortstop. If you screw up, we'll find somebody to take your contract. Right? And so, which is good. In the sense, I don't want to see him go. I mean, again, I'm not pushing him out the door. I'm just saying from the business of baseball perspective, that was a perfect move by you guys. Absolutely brilliant move. Then you guys got a great shortstop out of it, too, with with Bogarts. So I like this move. Um, You know, I I hate the fact that you, you compete two guys against each other. But what is baseball? It's all competition. Even in the clubhouse, it's all competition, right? I mean, you guys picked up Chris Carpenter. Chris Carpenter wants to play every day. He's not going to yeah, play Matt. every day, but he wants to play every day. You guys picked up Nelson Cruz. He wants to play every day. There's going to be times when Tatis may not physically be able to play the outfield. Great. He's going to DH much uh, sooner than Nelson Cruz is going to DH. So, I mean, you guys made a lot of good moves this year. I was I was sitting back and just enjoying watching – this this year and it, it'll be interesting with the Shohei sweepstakes next year who lands his contract yeah right? yeah definitely but the Padres I think it's it Manny's the priority bringing him back and um we'll see what happens with Otani uh the Padres are going to be interested but I I like having Manny and Soto long term that that sounds pretty good to me if I were a Padre fan that would sound really good to me too honestly it would Leave Shohei B because he's going to demand a 10 year plus $500 million contract. And if you do that, then effectively what you've told Blake Snell is go someplace else. Right. And you just signed Hugh Darvish to a, a six year deal. Um, you got Joe Musgrove for a while. I like Blake Snell in that, that rotation with you. I don't if know if he's going to come back, by the way, I don't know if he's going to come back next year. Um, they haven't even had extension talks. Uh, it seems like the Padres just want him to have a great walk here and then they'll see what happens uh, because they can go get other starters. Just the, the, the consistency is what the consistency is what, you know, that, that makes some fans really uh, irritated with snow. You know, the first half the season. Um, I thought he's been good the second half of seasons, the postseason, uh, but the, the consistency is what is probably making the Padres hesitant on wanting him back 
long-term or at least giving him what he wants at this point in time. Yeah. And, and the hard part, the business side, again, the business side of baseball, you and I are inside in the front of the paychecks, right? At least not yet. You may at some point in your career, I don't know that I'm ever going to be wanting to do that, <laughs> but um, Blake Snell's agent, I I'll bet you Apple storage is his agent has already reached out and said, okay, Blake wants a six year, hundred million dollar contract. He wants the same thing that Hugh Darvish got at 37. Right. And yeah, probably wants more than that, to be honest. Yeah. But his longevity, his length in games doesn't dictate. I mean, you don't pay a guy that can only go five innings, $20 million a season, unless his name is Clayton Kershaw and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Right. When the Dodgers signed him for 20 million, I didn't have a problem with that at all because he's already proved it. Right. He's already done everything and what he's going to do in the clubhouse for the younger, uh, uh, younger pitchers and on the field and talking to these guys is more valuable than anything else because he's proved it. And so Blake Snell, you know, like you say, his longevity is a concern. And do you pay a guy $20 million a year that's going to pitch five innings max? Right. right. And so. I mean, I, I agree with you, but I, I'll bet you apples to oranges. If we were betting men and we were in on these meetings, I'll bet you that they've already tried to negotiate with him and his agents come out and said, yeah, we want 115 million over a six year term. And Padres are like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that here. Let me show you the door after this season. Let me show you actually after the 2024 season, you guys still have them for two more seasons. One more, just this season. I thought he was 2024 free agency. No. Okay. Okay. Even better. Well, Ben, thank you for being on the show today. This has been fantastic. I love your, your a, I love your baseball knowledge. B I love your, your Padre fandom. I absolutely love, love, love that. Um, for you top fans, uh, we'll have Ben back on again, Ben, if, if you want to come on another time, we'll have you on again. Maybe we'll get a group of guys together, or a group of Padre fans together. It'd be a good time. Yeah, definitely. Um, for Utah Fan Rivalry followers, make sure you're following Ben and make sure you're listening to his podcast too, Talking Friars. Uh, be a great uh, thing for you to listen to. Follow him on his YouTube page. Also, don't forget to go to topfanrivalry.com on the front page and sign up for one of our watch parties. We're going to have watch parties that are already scheduled in Fountain Valley, California, um, in Phoenix, Arizona, um, in Anaheim, California. And then we've got one booked in Atlanta, Georgia. We've got one booked in Houston, Texas. And then we're going to be in Boston, Philly, and New York this season. So great time. Also San Diego, also San Francisco. So it'd be a great time to get together and, and watch. So go there, click on the little button and let us know where you want to be. So Ben, thank you for coming in again and we'll have you on real soon. Okay. Thank you so much. You bet. Talk to you soon.